You can have all the Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio podcast with our new app. Just search your app store, uh, Apple, Android, Kindle. We don't care what you use. Search the app store for Explorations Early Learning. Download the app. Give it a try. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker. Heather, what are we talking about? Well, we're going to dive into politics, which is a totally taboo subject. So that's why we're going to talk about it. Well, great. I can't wait to see where this goes. (laughs) Well, you know, on election, the day after election day, um, it was a tough day emotionally for a, a lot of the country. And I was scheduled to give a local talk mm-hmm. that evening. And I did not feel like it because I was, I was pretty hammered and I'd been uh, spontaneously crying throughout the day and I was just in a rough state of mind. And then I realized that what I was going to be talking about, um, about children and conflict and emotions and is exactly what we were talking about at the national level and the international level. So um, I wanted to go through what I call the emotions of politics and, and, and reassure people that what we're doing with young children and all the human relationships that we have is exactly what matters most. Uh, so, for example, uh, feelings, feelings caused people to vote certain ways. There's some facts. Some people are swayed by facts. But the majority of voters on both sides vote with their emotions. And I would say that some of the, the votes that were cast, they talk about the, the angry white man vote. It wasn't all that um, at all. But a lot of the anger that people voted, um, that caused them to vote, is what I would call feelings in disguise. So this is the same thing we do with um, four-year-olds that are maybe being aggressive or we perceive them as aggressive. There's some feeling under that behavior that, that we need to get to the root of. So it's the same stuff we're dealing with with three-year-olds and four-year-olds as we are with any human being who's displaying inappropriate behavior, and adults do that too. So let's look at those feelings in disguise. Okay, so what, what, what are those? Well, for example, um, during the um, uh, speeches at the end of the election night, um, Trump is talking to his um, supporters, and the supporters are watching the results on the big TVs. You know, everybody's doing that across the country in their own way. And um, some of the behavior that has been allowed to come out has been giving people the finger and just saying all kinds of comments that aren't appropriate. And so it gets back to another truth is um, all feelings are okay, but all behavior isn't. So we set limits on a three-year-old that has a big, strong feeling, but we don't let them cross the boundaries of civilized behavior. You know, we don't let them kick their sister or kick their mom or, you know, do something that's just out of step. And the same thing we need to do as adults. We need to have those feelings, learn how to express those feelings appropriately, but realize that all behavior is not okay. So there's a mix of those two things. All feelings are okay. All behavior isn't. 
That's universal, no matter what age you are. And the same is with feelings in disguise. If there's some um, comments or behavior that's just outrageous, no matter whether it's a 3-year-old or a 53-year-old, look, try to get past that. Try to get past the words and the actions and think, what is what deep feeling is motivating this? Is it fear? Is it jealousy? Is it frustration? Is it a whole mix of these things? I, what feelings are underneath that are causing the anger, the um, racism, the whatever it is that's coming out visibly? Um, what feeling is underneath? Uh, okay. <laughs> He's speechless. Um, so here's another connection that I see with, politi- with the election and the politics is that a lot of people who were hoping for, say, um, the first female president of this country to step into the White House, I think there was not only a, um, a dismay um, for the re- election results, but there was also just a feeling of, of grief and that, oh, I might not see this in my lifetime or it just might be a long time coming. Um, and I think the same, there's a parallel again with young children, which is that progress is not always straightforward. So if you're, if you're working on a challenging behavior with a young child, sometimes things will just zoom ahead and you're thinking, oh yeah, she's so mature now. You know, a month ago it wasn't like this. But then you'll see regression or just things don't go in a straight line. Progress goes forward, but it zigs and it zags. And that's true with raising kids and it's true with raising a country. And you, what, what, one thing that not a lot of people have been paying attention to, the, 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 the first female president didn't get elected, but there was another first through that, through that election, the, the first woman to head a national presidential campaign and win the office of president, uh, Kellyanne, uh, who, is, who is the head of Trump's campaign. That, I mean, that's a, that's a big job. That's a little bit of a glass ceiling, isn't it? I mean, so paying attention to those kind of things, is that a... Is that a thing we should maybe focus on a little bit? Well, I think that as far as having a, a woman leader, um, that many countries have already had well, yeah. the woman leader. So that particular barrier, we can see many examples of it around uh-huh. the world, but the particular office of president still hasn't been cracked in this country, but there are many, many in, in other countries. But I think that a lot of, um, a lot of women in particular we're feeling as if now is our chance. You know, there were thousands of people lining up, men and women, but, but a lot of women, bringing their kids to Susan B. Anthony's grave um, in, in uh, Rochester, New York, on Election Day and placing I Voted stickers on her headstone. So this is, I mean, they do that, I guess, every year, but this year was particularly poignant. So a lot of people are feeling like, you know, we're going to get there, and this feels like a step backwards. But progress is being made. It just doesn't always happen in a completely linear manner. So sometimes there's steps backwards when we're talking about human beings. Um, And I think also, and this has to do with with, um, young children too, is um, we have tough time as humans with change. So, for example, my, my youngest right now, 
I got a new pair of shoes. <laughs> yeah, I needed a new <laughs> pair of shoes. And um, but they were white instead of black, and I had had black shoes for a long time, <laughs> like all he can remember. And so he was adamant, "Those are not your shoes." <laughs> he really, really rocked. My his mother world. has black shoes, and you, you, those are not your shoes. And then I, I, another thing, I, I got a new fall coat. Okay, so. Well, everything was falling apart. It was time to upgrade. <laughs> so my my old coat was beyond old, <laughs> and it was on the grungy side. And I got a new coat. And I'm feeling really great in my new red coat. And he takes one look at me and says, "You can't wear red. Your coat is blue. You know, you wear a blue coat." And he said, "What are you going to do with your old coat?" And I was thinking, "Well, it's going to go to Goodwill. You know, it's it's still somewhat salvageable." <laughs> And he said, I need that coat. Oh. You can't change. I need that coat. And so he's been sleeping with my old coat for a month now. Um, you know, he wraps himself up in uh-huh. my coat and gives him comfort. Uh-huh. So, you know, change is hard um, for a lot of people, for most people. And whether you're a kid who's having a hard time, you know, boy, being a kid, life is changing constantly. I mean, you're not the same uh-huh. person you were three months ago. So it can be a little scary um, to be a human and to always be facing change, either within yourself or people around you or things around you. And I think that that very human um, nervousness about change is also um, what the election is about a little bit. Um, some people who who I know who said they voted for Trump for president explained that they wanted some change. You know, let's shake things up. Let's get some change. But at the same time, some of their other comments made me think it's actually change is what they're afraid of, that there here's a hidden fear, because change can be scary. And some of the social changes that have happened in this country in the past couple decades, whether you're looking at um, um, who can marry whom legally and all those sorts of things have been pretty fast for some people to keep up with. Um, we we tend to absorb values from our earliest childhoods, and some people like change and some people don't. So um, change is hard, and it's very hard for some individuals more than others. Yeah, I, it, it's we we are we are creatures of comfort. Um, and, and change takes, takes effort and it's scary and that can be a, a real hard, hard thing depending on, on, uh, on, on what your relationship with it is. So that can, that can be a struggle. Yeah. And, um, I think also, uh, I think a lot about respect when I think about the whole election. Um, and I'm not talking about the campaign because we're all glad the campaign part is over. Yeah, I kind of enjoyed it. Oh, you did! My goodness, it's your entertainment. Um, but I think that uh, you know some people are worried about respecting certain people um, and, and name calling and all and all that. And that's a, that's a huge issue. But when I think of respect, I think about respecting somebody, no matter what their age, no matter who they are. It's about understanding their needs first. So whether you're a child or whether you're an older person. You know, whoever you are, we all have different needs. And for for me to be able to respect somebody, I have to understand what their needs are before I can show them that respect. So if we're talking about a, a five-year-old boy, um, to respect him properly, I need to understand that he has t- 
typically um, a high need to move his body. Mm-hmm. And that's true of most kids. So, um, you know, for me to respect him and give him what he needs to thrive in this world, I need to understand his need to move his body and provide a place and space for that to happen. So when we're looking at uh, elections and what might happen going forward, we have to be able to understand each other. Um, and that's the first step in, in respect, because if you understand what somebody's needs are, then you can try to meet them. And so part of that means we got to get out of our own echo chambers, right? Um, oh, absolutely. And, and I, I, this happens on, on both sides. We, we, we build echo chambers for ourselves, and we, we, I mean, it's a whole confirmation bias thing. We can't tend to, to seek out information that we already agree with, and that's what we pay most attention to. And so being able to actually dig a little bit deeper than that, and, uh, and this, this goes back to comfort, getting out of our comfort zone and, and looking at information and sources that, that may be contrary to what we've already got ingrained in our heads can be a, a challenging thing, but it, it also helps us put our, it helps put a, a, a more panoramic view of, of things into our heads. Right. And I think it helps, I mean, to most people talking to someone on a different side of the political spectrum is, is kind of scary and terrifying. But at the same time, talking to a child doesn't seem so scary. So let's think of the child as this cross-cultural creature, because they are really. I mean, we've all been kids ourselves, but we are not currently children. And so they are from a different culture. They are not quite a different species, but they have different needs, different ways their brains think and their bodies work. So, for example, um, one of the techniques that I talk about in my books is is dealing with emotions is, is simply writing down a child's feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, so a kid is throwing a temper tantrum. As the adult, you're frustrated. You might be embarrassed. You don't have time for this. You know, it's loud and messy. And But you want it to stop. <laughs> you want that yeah. awful noise to stop, right? So you might try to say, oh, be quiet or whatever you might just, it was nothing. Oh, just get over it or whatever you might say. But first, the first step to really stop that noise is to understand what, what um, is driving it. So a great way to get that understanding of a child who's so furious that she can't even talk to you right now, she's screaming, um, is to say, let's write down how you're feeling. Boy, are you mad. Let's write down how you're feeling. And they will help dictate the letter once they understand what you're doing and say, I'm really mad at you because, and they'll tell you in no uncertain terms why they're mad. But that, it, that again, is basic respect because I don't know about you, but if I'm missed about something, just to feel honestly heard and understood, even if, even if nobody can fix the problem, it just being understood clears away so much of that anger, and that's what works wonders with kids with that. So if we're taking that analogy to the election, we need to understand, you know, how, what, what is making you so mad? What, what is bothering you? How can we understand? So it's really deep listening. Um, yeah, I get that, but couldn't we also be grown? Oh, excuse me. I don't know where that noise came from, but it didn't show up on the recording. So people are listening to this and didn't hear the noise. Um, uh, one thing, how can I say this without being a total jerk? Um, couldn't we be more growing up 
in the way we present ourselves publicly when it comes to all of this stuff, Heather? I just well, hopefully I, we're not having a, a tantrum the way that that child I was describing uh, is. But. Well, you know, I, I've, on both sides through the last year, I've seen lots of tantrums online from from people that that I know to be very mindful and caring and respectful and even-handed with kids having. Uh, uh, the online adult version of a of a temper tantrum, and mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I just thought we'd be better, uh, myself included. I thought we'd all be better at adulting um, when it when it became our turn. Right. Well, uh, it's hard to be an adult all the time. So I think that we should give ourselves a break and find just the one or two people that you can vent to, whether it's about, you mm-hmm. know, your your daily stresses at work or whether it's about election or whether it's about your kids. You know, have one or two people you can occasionally vent, but just understand that it is venting. Certainly, um, one of the, the boundaries we need to set for ourselves as adults is not using social media to vent because it's too easy to do real damage. You cannot see people's facial expressions. Yeah. And I think we all know this. Um, so, so vent, but don't vent in, in that uh, sort of way. Again, the feelings are okay, but the behavior isn't. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that, um, one of the big things, themes in my books too, is about setting boundaries and speaking up and saying when you don't like something. So if a kid is getting, um, you know, paint splattered on her by the kid next to her, hey, I don't like that. I don't like getting paint on me. Being very specific and speaking up, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to do that also. So sometimes somebody might be um, stepping on our toes when they're expressing themselves. We need, to, we need to get better about saying, hey, I don't like that, and setting some boundaries, and of course, respecting the boundaries that other people set. Yeah, yeah, agreed. But, you know, until we feel understood, no matter whether we are age 3 or age 4 or age 64, um, we can't get to the next step, which is the compromise and problem solving, um, because there's too much anger blocking that if you don't feel basically understood. So I think that these techniques we're doing with young kids to try to understand what are those feelings, what's underneath this behavior that we're seeing, is excellent practice for dealing with things in the adult world because it's tough, especially if we haven't grown up with it as children, um, to put these practices um, into real life. But it's also essential. So I guess my message is on this aftermath of of an election is that all of these basic life skills, and I'm talking about anger management and conflict mediation, um, these life skills are so essential, and if we work with young kids to help them develop these skills, we're also at the same time developing them in ourselves, and we need to spread that into the world. Yeah, yeah. If we want kids to have it, we got to model it. And we've got to see how it applies everywhere, because yeah. when we see behavior by adults that we do not like, we often just think, oh, you know, <laughs> who knows what we're thinking, oh, they're stupid, oh, they're jerks, oh, they're whatever we might be saying. Yeah. Or they just don't get it, they don't understand, they don't see the world the way I do, therefore they are not getting it. But there's always some, another big phrase of mine is, all behavior has meaning. And that goes for adults, too. Somewhere there's some kernel of an emotion down there that is causing people to behave this way. And so 
what is that feeling underneath and how can we understand each other? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, when it comes down to it, the the world hasn't hasn't ended. Um, and uh, you know, eight years ago, when when President Obama was elected, there were people that thought the world was coming to an end, and it didn't. And sixteen years ago, when George Bush was elected, people thought the world was coming to an end, and it didn't. The thing is, the president is a individual person, and there's a constitution, and there's rule of law, and and the world's not ending people. It's going to be a little bit different for some people. And all of the big, hairy, scary things that some people are scared of aren't probably going to happen. And all the wonderful things that some people are looking forward to probably aren't going to happen because government is big and ineffective. Um, and that probably isn't going to change. That was a little bit of a rant. Sorry for that, Heather. But um, Yeah, what are you ranting all over for? <laughs> I don't know. I just. <laughs> but yeah. I think we also need to touch on um, adult emotions because uh, a lot of people People um, have been devastated by the results of the election in a way that they have not from, you know, you mentioned past elections, that this one has been different on many levels. And that devastation feeling and that grief um, is very real. And, and people who are interacting with children have had a hard time this week um, putting a face on that they feel that they can continue to go through their day. So just the same as when your pet dies or some sadness comes into your life, you know, maybe a miscarriage, whatever it is that is just overwhelming you with emotion, it's okay for the kids to see you crying. It's okay for them to ask these questions. And I think I'll just, we'll wrap up this uh-huh. whole topic with a, a story that, um, um, my cousin sent me from this election week, and it's okay to ask. It's okay to show your sorrow and to ask people why they're sad, because that leads to understanding. So here's the story. She said she's a music teacher in public schools out east, and there was a girl um, in a. Um, she wears a headscarf to school. She's from a Muslim family, mm-hmm. and she was crying at school. And the boy next to her was kind of wearing the opposite. He was wearing um, a Make America Great baseball cap and was feeling pretty jazzed because his family was happy. And they shared a music stand (laughs) in her class. (laughs) They were sharing a music stand. Mm -hmm. And the boy turned to her and said, why are you crying? She answered that, well, she was worried that her family was going to have to leave her country. And, he, and not have a place to live anymore. And he answered and said, well, you can come live at my house. There you go. So get to know each other, show your emotions, set boundaries, and get to understanding no matter what ages you are. I think emotions and politics are completely linked. Hey, there we go, people. Can't wrap it up any better than that. We'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.
Hey, you want to support all the Upstairs Studio podcasts? It's as simple as this. Use our Amazon link when you shop Amazon. We get a small percentage of what you spend. You don't pay any extra. You get your stuff from Amazon. Everybody wins. Where do you find the link? Well, it's on the Explorations Early Learning app. You can find it on the Explorations Early Learning website. If you don't find it in those places, just get a hold of Jeff on Facebook or via email, and he'll hand-deliver it to your inbox. Thanks for your support. Bye-bye.